giving and uh, someone who actually enjoys giving and you understand the purpose and the promise of your giving. So let me read a couple of scriptures to you while you're preparing your offering or your check or however you're going to give. Um, Freedom Word Church, you can make your checks to Freedom Word Church or you can give um, cash check or credit cards, I guess, on the envelope. And, uh, and if you're a partner, you want to be a partner with Mark Hankins Ministries, this church is a monthly partner and always very kind, generous, helping us preach the word. So if you want to be a monthly partner, if you're not, man, just uh, go on the website, say, I want to be a monthly partner. And um, I don't know, I think you'd be a monthly partner for as little as uh, $10 a month. But it sure helps. It adds up everybody that's a monthly partner and uh, helps us preach the word around the world. Praise the Lord. So thank you for being a partner uh, with the ministry and, of course, this church. Thank you all so much for your constant, faithful generosity. Praise the Lord. Amen. So if you're writing a check, um, if you happen to, uh, all the money will go to the Mark Hankins Ministries. But if, if you happen to be a partner, you could make the check out to MHM if you want to, and the church will keep it all in order. Praise the Lord. All right. Y'all ready? Let's find Isaiah 32, 8. And this is a great scripture. It says for the liberal. So for political reasons, we usually change that <laughs> to the word generous, liberal. They actually, uh, posted the, uh, the taxes of our president and vice president, and um, they would be in the category politically of someone that's liberal, um, or you have some people that's conservative, but I thought, well, if someone's liberal, they're in that liberal category, so I kind of looked at the tax report and found out one of them, their giving from their personal finances was 3%, and the other one was zero, zero charitable donations. So apparently they are liberal with other people's money, but not with their own. We won't discuss that anyway. So I'm just saying, you know, liberal, if you're going to be labeled that, you need to be liberal. You need to be generous, right? Well, in the kingdom of God, all of us need to be generous. Amen? And it's good to be frugal at Walmart, but not at church. All right, Isaiah 32, 8, for the... Generous person devises generous things, and by generous things shall he stand. And so what stood out to me in this verse is a person who's a generous person actually plans to be generous, involves generosity in their plans, and also their generosity will determine how they stand. So your generosity doesn't just affect you financially, it affects you in every area of your life. Amen. And I know, you know, sometimes people think they're generous until they run into somebody who's generous. So let's go over to Proverbs. Proverbs 11, 24, and 25. And uh, Proverbs 11, 24, and 25. Do you have that? And again, the word um, uh, liberal. We're going to put the word what? Generous. Generous. Did y'all find Proverbs 11, 24, and 25? Here's what it says. There is a scattereth and yet increases. There is that withholdeth more than his meat and tends to poverty. The liberal, everybody say generous. So the generous so shall be made fat and he that waters others shall be watered also himself. 
So he said, um, there is a scatters and increases. There is that is holds on too tight to their money and actually has this less money. So other translations, one gives away and gets richer. Another keeps what he should give and is poorer. And so the Lord said to me years ago, I said, power does not come from money you don't have. It comes from money you do have, you shouldn't have. In other words, generosity actually will produce increase. All right, three nods, and I heard a grunt. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9. And again, he uses the word generous, so there definitely is a difference between a generous person and an ungenerous person. Amen. I said there's a difference in a generous person, ungenerous person, in the results that you have. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9, he's talking strictly about financial giving. And so one of the laws of prosperity would be generosity. Amen. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, he that sows sparingly shall reap sparingly, and he that sows bountifully or generously shall reap what? I mean, no, there's a difference in the harvest when you're generous. I just decided I like the generous harvest better. So I thought, well, if I could be generous on the sowing side, I'm going to, the seed is guaranteed. Amen. And so the Lord said something to me like this years ago, taking your giving or your sowing serious. He said, actually, um, your sowing will outperform your savings. Well, let's say it this way. The Lord said, you'll get some things faster by sowing for it than you do by saving for it. All right, so y'all hear what I'm saying. In other words, nothing wrong with saving. The Bible teaches us to save. The Bible says God will even bless our savings account. I mean, so the, years ago, I didn't even have a savings account. I said, the Lord said he'd bless my savings account. I thought, well, I better get one if he's going to bless it. Amen. So I started putting some money in savings. And then over the years, if I wanted to sow more, I could take a little money out of savings and sow out of, out of my savings. And I found God always filled my savings back up. Uh, but if there were some projects, you know, that looked pretty difficult, I thought, well, I, it might take me 50 years to save up enough money for that. But I found out my sowing would outperform my savings. That makes sense? Amen. Or there's things you'll get faster by sowing for it. In other words, uh, uh, God's sowing system, God's sowing system will outperform the world's saving system. Amen. So when you're a tither, first of all, and then you get into the sowing department, then you're saying, I don't want to do the minimum. I'd like to increase and being more generous, amen? And then he said, that'll actually uh, perform better than just saving. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Amen? So he says, um, here he says, and every, uh, go to verse seven, every person, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or necessity, for God loves a what? Cheerful, amen, cheerful giver. God loves what? cheerful. Other translations say what? Hilarious. Others say prompt to do it. Giver whose heart is in his giving. Hmm. So I studied that and I found out that giving 
is a heart issue. All right, in other words, um, your giving reflects your heart. It affects your heart. And so when you see somebody stop tithing, stop giving, they don't just have a money problem. They have a spiritual problem. Boy, it's getting quiet in here now. I don't know. Amen. So, uh, you know, if you see that, the people say, well, I've decided, you know, I can't afford to tithe. Well, if you understand tithing, you can't afford not to tithe. Amen. Well, me and Trina, you've heard us tell us before, but 30% was what we determined after a while. We were going to crank up to give instead of 10%, give 30% systematically. So we went to buy our first house. So we went to buy our first house. I had to go to the bank, you know, see, see what I qualify for. So I went to the bank, the lady at the bank, she says, okay, da, 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 let me see you. And she said, well, you qualify for a house that's a certain size, certain amount. And I said, well, I just want to tell you, first of all, I really do not qualify because I'm a 30% tither and giver. So you need to reduce, come on, deduct that and then tell me what I qualify for. Because I'm not going to buy a house that's going to keep me from giving. All right, let's try that one more time. I said, I, I'd rather live in a smaller house, come on, than get one too big, you know, and then here I am struggling. And so the first thing you do is you back off your giving, back off your tithing so you can have that house. Well, who wants a cursed house? Boy, I'm preaching really good right now. So whatever they say, come on, you qualify for, I say, well, I really don't qualify for that much because I'm a 30% giver. I give 10% time. I give another. So whatever level you give, when they tell you, you qualify for this house, you say, well, let me explain to you. First of all, I'm a Christian and I'm a tither and then I give offerings or whatever. So be sure and may add that up in your equation of what I qualify for. And so the first house that I bought uh, cost $32,000. <laughs> what year was that? 1970 something. And so it was a frame house, you know, but we were very happy to get it. It cost $32,000. Uh, so the lady said, uh, well, how much do you make? And I said, well, how much do I need to make? <laughs> so she looked at me real funny and she said, what do you mean? I said, well, if I can believe God, I can make about whatever I need to make. And so, so that house was not like overly expensive, you know. And so I, I gave a third down payment, but it never was, it never threatened my generosity. Praise the Lord. I know it's just, it's like a daddy talking to the kids. Amen. And I have to explain to my kids, you know, here's how money works. And my daddy always taught us, he said, you take care of God first. Amen. You take care of God first. You honor God first. First fruit, put, put your tithe or your giving first. Amen. Then he'd always say, and second, you always take care of yourself. You always put money in savings. And then he said, you pay your bills last. So what he's telling you is don't make bills that keep you from giving. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on now. Come on. You say, well, I can afford this. I got so much money, but I'm not going to make a, a bill that's going to keep me from saving because then I got to quit saving. And then you're disobeying the word of God. You're supposed to save. Come on. So I didn't have a lot, but I put money in savings, you know, every week when we first started, but it was something. So I put a little money in savings every week. Amen. Took care of my tithes, my offerings every week. And then I paid my bills. So I'm not going to make bills. that's going to keep me from giving. And I'm not going to make bills. that's going to keep me from saving. And you're living a little too high on the hog. Amen. John Osteen said, don't, don't buy everything your little beady eyes want. So did I ever tell you about the guy, probably is from Virginia, and he was on TV years ago. And on TV program, they, they, uh, they told his story, and they said, uh, we're going to show you the most expensive lawnmower in the States. This is actually a million-dollar lawnmower. So, well, they got my attention, so I thought, man, that must be something. You know, must have dual exhaust and a big motor. <laughs> this must be the lawnmower. And, you, and so... They went out into the country, probably in Virginia somewhere, went out into the country, and there was a guy sitting on the porch, you know, with his little rocking chair and his dog, you know. He's sitting on the porch rocking. So they come up on the porch, and they say, hey, mister, you know, you know, they got the TV cameras. They said, you have the most expensive lawnmower in the United States. He said, yep, that's right. They said, could we see it? Yeah, well, I'll show it to you. So I thought, boy, it's going to be something. But he goes out, you know, a little ways from the house, and there's a riding lawnmower with a tarp over it. So the unveiling of the lawnmower, million-dollar lawnmower, and they pull the tarp off, and it's broken down, rusty, red riding lawnmower. She said, well, how's this a million-dollar lawnmower? He said, about, what did he say, 30 years ago or something, 40 years ago, he said, um, as soon as Walmart started, he said, uh, I bought $600 in Walmart stock. But one day I was going by a store and saw this red riding lawnmower. And I took my stock out of Walmart and I bought that lawnmower. He said, if I would have left it in there, I'd have a million dollars right now. Come on, some people make some real expensive bad choices. Huh? But if you honor God first, put him first. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Take care of your giving first and put some money in savings. Wow, imagine what you could have in 30 years. All right, well, let's keep going. You said, if you, so Jesus said, actually, people of this world are sometimes wiser than the people of the kingdom. So my daddy taught me about money. You don't have nobody teach you about money? Why well, y'all getting quiet like that? My daddy taught me about money. Amen. And so I got some money. Praise the Lord. Well, the ministry separated me personally, but the Lord blessed me personally just because I put God first. Amen. Put savings next and then lived in a smaller house until I had a better income. Oh, well, this is really making people happy. I don't know here, but he says, 
But there's something about honoring God first. Let's try that again. Honoring God first. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. We, we didn't do what people do nowadays. I mean, we had a very inexpensive uh, honeymoon. I had enough money for one night at the Holiday Inn. And then we had a, 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 somebody that loaned us their single bedroom cabin on the side of a mountain in Colorado. It wasn't real fancy. Had some mice in there. We had got rid of those, but that's our honeymoon. Put everything in the back of our car and drove back to Louisiana where we were youth pastors on, on the church staff. So we didn't just go buy all kinds of, all kinds of furniture. My grandma had passed away, so I asked my daddy about the furniture he had it in storage for my grandma. So my daddy said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get it for you. And then he made me pay for it. <laughs> he said, I'll finance it for you. You can make payments. <laughs> well, I was a little upset about that, but he gave me a chance to exercise my faith. Come on, no man is my source. God's my source. So why am I mad at anybody, huh? And so God's able to make all grace abound towards you. Came in, you're sowing generously, and you get happy about it. Amen? All right, go to Ephesians 6, 8, and I'll finish up here. Y'all haven't got happy yet, but you were, you were good at the beginning. <laughs> all right, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 8. This is a tremendous scripture because it says, Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he is bond or free. Think about that. So, so here he says, whatever good thing any person does, and he says whether they're a bond person or a free person. And back in those days they had slavery. So he said, whether you're, whether you're a slave or you're a free person, whatever good thing any person does, the same shall they receive of the Lord. In other words, there's a spiritual law activated while you're being a blessing, amen, to others. And he said, and whatever good thing any man does, the same will he receive of the Lord. All right, so you better get that straight. Amen. In other words, while he's saying, while, he's saying, while you're blessing others, God will make sure you are blessed. All right, let's say it this way. If you understand that scripture, he says, God is the one that guarantees your harvest. In other words, if you say, I did this for them and I did that for them and they never did nothing for me. He didn't say they were ever going to do nothing for you. He said, God would guarantee that your harvest would come back to you. So that keeps you from ever getting offended. All right, let's try that. I said, you're never offended. I do stuff for people. I ain't going to do nothing for me. And I tell you, when I bless them, they'll never do nothing for me. Well, you got a problem. Your expectation is on people. Are y'all still here? Well, you're blessing others. God said, I will guarantee that your harvest comes to you. And there's nobody can block it. Nobody can block your harvest. All right, let's try it one more time. My understanding is that when I'm doing something good for others, I release that and say my harvest will come from God. Matter of fact, some people you're doing good stuff for, they can't even afford to be your harvest. Amen, but while you're blessing others, God said, I saw that. So God can see, he can count. He's got a book called Numbers. 
So we know God can count. And he knows that while you're blessing others, he said, I guarantee the harvest, I'll do the same thing will come back to you. Praise the Lord. Amen. So you're blessing others. He said, God will, God will arrange your harvest. Amen. So what does that mean? Well, a few years later, I had a guy show up and he said to me, most people cannot afford to be your harvest, but I can. I just met one of the channels my harvest was coming from. In other words, God will arrange your harvest while you're doing good, while you're giving, while you're blessing others. Your expectation is on God. He's the source of our supply. Amen. The, the giving is guaranteed. God says, same thing's going to come back to you. It is a spiritual law. Praise the Lord. Can you say praise the Lord? Hallelujah. Amen. And so with the sowing, come on, then there's the reaping, and there's always time between the two. Amen. So I talked about that time, you know, that I gave a, a large offering, more than I was kind of thinking and planning, and really got my attention. And so I got home, and I tell people, you know what happened after I got home? Absolutely nothing. In other words, there's a, there's a time, there's a principle of sowing and reaping, but there's also you have to be patient. Come on, because God's arranging your harvest. Come on, but the harvest will come in. The seed is guaranteed. Don't know where. Come on, don't know how. Don't know when. But I guarantee you some seed you plant might be for, for crabgrass. Come on, some seed you plant might be for an oak tree. It might take 50 years for the oak tree to come up. We all still here, so sometimes you may go, whoa, that's a real quick thing. But the other things you may, wow, it don't even seem like, uh, my, what my dad always told me, he said, with God, payday's not always on Friday. So there's people always like, I don't get that game, he ain't getting no harvest, I don't get no harvest. That preacher's a liar. Well, preacher having me quoting the Bible. <laughs> and so, so your expectation on God, he will arrange it. Amen. So in my case, I sowed a stretching, giving, and nothing happened when I got home. Nothing happened for a week. Nothing happened for a month. Nothing happened for two months. Nothing extraordinary. Nothing happened for three months. But after three months, somebody came to our church, never been there before, and gave $100,000. I said, there is a God. <laughs> Are y'all still here? In other, words, in other words, that was the first time anybody had given that much but it was not the last time. Go ahead and laugh about that. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is faithful. So when it looks like your harvest ain't coming in, get your wife and go out in the kitchen there and start praising the Lord and jumping around and say, "Woo! I got a harvest of blessing coming in and God's arranging my harvest and my father God is taking care of me in grand style. Come on. Amen. The blessing of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, so get your offering in your hand. Y'all have always been excellent, outstanding givers, so I don't really teach on it so you'll give more. I teach on it so you'll receive more. <laughs> Amen. So, so if you don't get any teaching on it, then you don't really have faith either for the sowing or the reaping. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your goodness and your mercy. 
Thank you, Lord, for your abundant provision for your people, for your children. Lord, we are tithers, we're sowers, we're givers. We thank you, Lord, that we sow generously and we reap generously, that there is a whopper of a harvest that's coming in. Amen. Thank you, Lord, that we're blessed. Our job's blessed. Our family's blessed. Our business is blessed. Our church is blessed. We are blessed. And we will be a blessing everywhere we go. Thank you for supernatural increase that is headed our way. We thank you for supernatural increase. Hallelujah. And the, the harvest of blessing that it will come in in every area. We thank you for that blessing. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 God bless you as you give. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for your generous giving. I think give us your testimony. Wow. Okay. I don't know if I can follow that, minister, but praise God, I'll do my best. I'm also a little drunk, but uh, that always <laughs> makes it better. Amen. Uh, well, I'll keep it very short. I wasn't raised a Christian. I got saved a little over five years ago, baptized in the Holy Ghost three years ago, and the Lord called me into the full-time ministry. Amen. And uh, I've had the honor of following Pastor Mark and Pastor Trina for the past year, just about, getting to know them through the Pody family, Pastor Stan and Mary Pody, and it's been a blessing. I'll tell you what, if there's one thing I know, I'm 25 years old, and if there's one thing the Lord's been speaking to me, the only spirit that'll carry this generation into a major revival is the spirit of faith. Amen. So uh, I'm very thankful that I even got to encounter both of you. You've been, in the short time I've known you, great, great pastors to me and to my pastors. But uh, the Lord's raised me up as an evangelist. He called me into the ministry three years ago, told me to preach the gospel uncompromised to a generation that's a little seeker sensitive. But uh, the Lord told me to go out there. He said that these signs will follow them that believe, and I believe it. So I started laying hands on people at Walmart, at the gym. I started preaching the gospel everywhere I went. And God confirmed it with signs following. So here I am. Amen. Amen. Tell us a little bit. Um, you were not born into a Christian family. No, ma'am. So what happened? How did you meet the Lord? I got a football scholarship to Iowa. I started playing college football. I was a quarterback for three years. And I got kicked out of college twice, actually. <laughs> I got kicked out of college twice. The first time I got kicked out of college was when my spiritual father birthed me in the gospel. Uh, his name is Mike, and I used to do personal training. He started teaching me how to sell supplements and stuff to make extra money while I was in college, and uh, he started preaching the gospel to me. You know, the Bible says that the word of God, when it's planted into your heart, that it's a seed. And uh, I like how Pastor explains it, that Paul said, some sow, some water, and God brings the increase. So after about six months of increase, the Lord uh, brought me to a position to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior when I was a junior in college. And then shortly after that, he called me into the ministry. So this guy was preaching to you. Yes, ma'am. And you believed the gospel. Yes, ma'am. And you were born again. Yes, ma'am. And then? You and then that was that. <laughs> I, uh, after that, I started seeing YouTube videos. The cool thing about being a baby Christian and not growing up in church, not that there's many cool things about not growing up in church, but I was extremely poor in spirit. Uh, I feel kind of like Moses, writing that he was the most humble man in the Bible. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> I was so poor in spirit because I didn't, I didn't know any religion. I didn't know any tradition. So I just started going on YouTube, and I said, 
the power of God and looking up prayer and looking up how to preach and all these different things, and I found the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, people started telling me that these signs will follow them that believe, and I began to believe. And uh, after one or two testimonies, I started seeking it out. And I went to a church down in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and they laid hands on people to be filled with the Holy Ghost, and I spoke in other tongues, and I never looked back. <laughs> Amen. So you started uh, experiencing the power of the Holy Ghost in your life? Yes, ma'am. And stepping out and just preaching and giving your testimony, yes, getting people born again. Yes, ma'am. Praise I God. I started seeing videos of people on YouTube yep. that would go to Walmart and just pray for the sick. And I didn't know any better. I didn't know you were supposed to put up a $100,000 stage and have a crusade. I didn't know any better. So I just went to Walmart. And I just, any person that I saw, I just started to pray for him and let Jesus do what he's famous for. And he did. He showed up. Yes, ma'am. He did. Praise God. Praise God. And so... Um, now, it seems like I've heard that you've gone into schools. Is that true? Yes, ma'am. So uh, the guy that actually led me to the Lord, he's very connected with FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And uh, the last event that we put on, I believe we had just over 800 people in attendance and just over 400 young people accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Hey. Amen. I think we got ghosts on deck. Amen. We got a ghost on deck. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Spirit, he's the one that... That uh, gives you a revelation of Jesus Christ. Yes, and he gives you boldness mm -hmm. so that you can testify yes, what Jesus has done for you. Amen. And um, I like it that, you know, you went to Walmart, went to schools. Now what are you doing? Uh, now the Lord spoke to me about two years ago, right before COVID had happened. And uh, he said, get on social media, start sharing your testimony on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube. And uh, on TikTok, we reached over uh, 1.8 million followers in just under 16 months. And we've reached over 200 million people now on social media platforms with the gospel through Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and everything else. And so that's what we do now. And then we travel. I was in Richmond this past weekend. That's why I get the honor and blessing of being here with you guys. Amen. Yes, ma'am. So what is it, what is your fire, the, the, the word that you present to the people, what is burning in you? Just preach it to us just for a little bit. Okay. Because <laughs> I know, he said, I'm preaching Matthew 8. And I said, man, that's, that's good. Yes, ma'am. Well, <clears throat> the fact that I didn't grow up in church, I didn't have any concept that God might be dead. I'll just put it that way. And God's not dead. Jesus is alive. The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. It's the same Jesus that was anointed with the Holy Ghost to pull people out of deliverance, to preach uh, freedom to the prisoners. Amen. And he said, sight to the blind. I like how Pastor Mark put it this morning. He said, the forgiveness of sins and freedom and deliverance are in the same package. And that's exactly what I preach. I tell people Jesus is the same. He's a healer. He healed of leprosy. He healed of uh, paralysis, of blindness, of deafness, of evil spirits. Jesus is the same. And he's not dead. And he'll touch you here tonight. I believe it even now. Even as you're just in the glory, as God's word gets inside of you, you're going to watch as it brings life to your flesh and healing to your bones. You're going to watch Jesus touch you right where you're at. You'll be filled with power and anointed with fresh oil. The Bible says in Psalm 92, verse 10, he said, you've exalted my horn, you anoint my head with fresh oil. The reason I came to this place tonight was to receive some fresh oil. If you're somebody that wants fresh oil, shout unto God. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's what we preach. I preach Jesus is the same. God's a mighty healer. I've seen it too many times. I, I saw so many people try to tell me, and because I was young probably, but everyone and their mother had an opinion. I like what Pastor Hankin says. <laughs> He said, uh, you had a great quote. You said, the man with an opinion is always at the mercy 
of the man with an experience. And it's true. When I started laying hands on people at Walmart and the gym and everywhere I could go, I got an experience. I've seen people, I've seen people healed of cancer in my meetings. I watched a woman get healed of Parkinson's in the meetings. I've seen people get blind eyes open, deaf ears open, the lame are walking. I've seen it too much. I'm a man with an experience. So I preach the experience. Amen. Well, Amen. Jesus said believers. Yes. He didn't say the fivefold ministers would do this, but he said believers. Mm -hmm. We're believers, aren't we, tonight? Hallelujah. And the same spirit, hallelujah, that anointed the apostles in the book of Acts. He is the same spirit that's within us and upon us, and we can do the works that Jesus called us to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful. Amen. Thank you for that testimony. Thank you. Do you have something else? <laughs> yep yes sir I'll Me do too. that well why don't we stand up on our feet everybody I'll share one quick testimony with you to stir your faith a little bit and then I'll lay hands on anyone that needs healing in their body <clears throat> in Matthew chapter 8 you see four different examples of Jesus healing the sick the first one is the leper there's a man with leprosy. He said, Lord, if you're willing, and he said, I am willing. Say, I'm willing. I am willing. He said, I am willing, and he was cleansed immediately. And then you saw the centurion servant. He had paralysis. That's the central nervous system. So leprosy is the flesh. Central nervous system is uh, anything having to do with paralysis, anything that would cause nerve damage. And he sent the word. He said, I know that you're a man under authority, for I am a man under authority. Just speak the word, and I know that my servant will be made well. Say the word. God's word tonight will make you well in Jesus' mighty name. And then you see uh, Peter's mother-in-law in Matthew chapter 8. She's got a fever. That's a blood issue. And then right after Jesus healed her, it said that they brought many people that were paralyzed and had evil spirits, and he cast them all out, and it said he healed them all. Can you say them all? He doesn't have favorites. He didn't pick favorites. The Bible says God is no respecter of persons. He's the same, and he heals them all. Hallelujah. All four areas of healing happen. Anything in the flesh with leprosy, the central nervous system with paralysis, the blood, diabetes, sickle cell anemia, HIV, AIDS, anything in the blood, Jesus will heal it tonight. And then any evil spirit. The Bible says there's a spirit of infirmity. There's a spirit in Luke chapter 13 that made a woman bent over double. And Jesus laid hands on her. The spirit left and she stood up straight immediately. So I want to lay hands on people tonight that may be sick. Uh, there was a young boy a couple of weeks ago. Uh, his parents had spent tons of money putting him into the hospital. He had, I don't know what stage cancer he had, but he's 15 years old. No one should have cancer, but no 15-year-old should have cancer and be in the hospital. And he was in the hospital. And they found us on social media. They found out that we lay hands on the sick, and they saw that we had testimonies that Jesus was healing people. And so what they did is they went and took their 15-year-old son out of the hospital, and they brought him down to our church. And when they brought him down there, before any preaching or anything, we just brought him up to the front. We laid hands on him. We got a doctor's report two weeks later, totally cancer-free. Hallelujah. Praise God. Say Jesus is alive. Say Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. That same Jesus that healed that boy will heal you tonight. So anyone right now, if you need any healing in your body, I want you to come forth and just stand up here. And I'll make it quick. It won't take long. You'll be healed by your faith. 
You'll be healed by the anointing. You'll be healed by the word. Jesus is here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory. You can line them up however you want. doesn't matter how long the line goes. As you come up to the front, just keep your eyes closed. Focus on Jesus. Stay in the Spirit. Stay in the Spirit. Stay in the Spirit. Stay in faith. Stay in faith. You know, right after that young man was healed, there was a woman that came up at the end of the service, and she had something called endomitrosis, I believe is how you pronounce it. Endometriosis. Thank you. Endometriosis. I have no idea what that is. I'm not a lady, and I'm not a biologist. That's an advanced joke. But uh, this woman came up at the end of the meeting, and I was laying hands. I think we had three or four people that came up at the end of the meeting to receive healing as well. And as this woman came up, I didn't move. I was probably from here to, to this man in the shirt. And uh, it was probably about six feet. And I just felt the Holy Ghost. And I said, whew, I feel the Holy Ghost. And as soon as I said that, this woman, it was like, looked like Ray Lewis in his prime. The Holy Ghost just took this woman off of her feet so fast. And she rolled around on the floor, but she got up praising God. And Jesus healed her endometriosis, or however you pronounce it. So anything in your womb, anything having to do whether you're a man or a woman, believe God big. He's the same. I, see, I had no idea this line would be this big. But praise God, that just means God's going to do a mighty work. Put your hands up toward heaven, everybody. I'm gonna, I believe the Lord's going to touch her tonight in Jesus' mighty name. A couple of months ago, I was doing a meeting in Iowa. And uh, most of you probably have no idea where that is. That's all right. If I didn't live there, I wouldn't know either. But it's in the middle of the country. And uh, we're doing a meeting. And this woman got healed of Parkinson's in the meeting. She got carried in. It looked like a Bible story. I was before that, I mean... If you had a headache, I'd pray for you. You know, we get some results. But I had never prayed for someone with Parkinson's before. So that was crazy. But the Lord showed up. He's the same God. He'll heal the headache. He'll heal Parkinson's. Amen. It's an easy thing for God. And uh, that woman gets up. She was carried into the meeting. By the end of the meeting, that woman was running laps around the building. She ran out. She was doing great. But I told you that to tell you this. At the end, a woman that didn't come up for prayer came up right after that testimony. And she said, my father-in-law is bedridden. He's going to die soon. He got an evil report from the doctor. And I wasn't able to carry him here like that woman. And she said, could you pray for him? And the Lord told me to take my handkerchief out of my pocket, put oil on it, and pray for it. And I did. And she came back the next night. She said she brought the handkerchief to her father-in-law. And by the end of the day, he was up on his feet. He was walking. He was totally healed in Jesus' name. So I want you to stretch your hands toward this right now. I'm going to pray for this. We're going to believe God that every ounce of cancer will be uprooted. It will be burned from the very root. And it will never come back in Jesus' name. Father, anoint this now. I command that spirit of death to leave that woman in Jesus' mighty name. Be made whole in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise Hallelujah. The Lord. Let's lift our hands up and praise the Lord. Thank you, 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 Lord. 
Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus for perfect soundness, health, and strength in our spirit, soul, and body, our mind, every part of our life. In the name of Jesus, through faith in his name, you make us strong physically and mentally. You make us strong in our bodies, strong and perfect soundness in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. I just Praise believe the that the power of God is working. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What powerful testimonies. How many had hands laid on you? Raise, raise them up. Praise God. Well, we're just going to lift up both hands, and we're going to sing that song, Bless That Wonderful Name. And while you do that, I want you just to release your thanksgiving that it is done. The power of God's working in you. And we're going to thank God. Remember the, the lepers that came, the ten lepers. And only one of them came back and said, thank you. Only one. Let's be that one. Come on. We're going to turn and say, Jesus, I want you to just imagine his face in front of you. He hears your voice. He hears your thanksgiving. Hallelujah. It is worship. It is wonderful. Yes. His heart is open to you. Hallelujah. His power is working in you. But while you thank him, hallelujah, you are sealing the deal. You're saying, thank you, Lord. You have done the work and the power of God's working in me. Hallelujah. And I just want to bless the Lord. And I'm going to testify right now. Hallelujah. Bless the name. Like he said, it's a name that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Thank God. Let's just sing that chorus together. Bless Praise that the Lord. wonderful. Bless the wonderful Come on. Name. Everyone. Bless Hallelujah. Bless. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Acts 3.16. Acts 3.16 says, His name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. Hallelujah. And the faith which is by him has given him perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Praise the Lord. Glory. Hallelujah. Oh, let's try one because as a crippled man, can will never walk. And Peter said, I know I, I don't have no money on me right now, but of what such as I have. How many glad you have that name? How many glad you have that name? I got that name. Amen. Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, yes. he will give it to you that your joy may be full. <laughs> Amen. And Jesus said, in my name, come on, you'll cast out devils. Come on, you'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In my name, come on, you'll pray in the Holy Ghost. In my name. Hallelujah. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. In the name. Everybody say, in the name. His name. Through faith in his name has made me strong. And the faith which is by him has given me perfect soundness in the presence of you all. All right, let's say it one more time. His name, through faith in his name, has made me strong. Has made me strong. My mind is strong. My mind is strong. My body is strong. My body is strong. 
I am strong. I am strong. His name, his name through faith in his name, faith in his has, name made me strong. has made me strong. And the faith which is by him, and the faith which is by him has given me perfect soundness. Has given me perfect soundness. Perfect soundness. Perfect soundness. In my mind. In my body, in my body, perfect soundness. Perfect soundness. I once was lost. I once was now lost. I'm fine. Now I'm fine. I once was sick. I once was now sick. I'm now I'm healed. Come on, I once once was upset. I once was upset. In my mind, in my mind. I once was worried. I once was but now I'm blessed. Now I'm blessed. I'm redeemed. In the name. In the name that's above Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everything that's in his account, amen, is now in your account, in his name. Amen. So the name of Jesus spoken on the lips of someone who has faith in that name is just as powerful as if Jesus was here presently in the flesh. When you say, in the name. Uh, in the name, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, there's power in that name. Come on, there's healing in that name. There's blessing in that name. In the name of Jesus, all of heaven stands at attention at the mention of that name. Come on, lift your hands and thank God for the name. Come on, I said, demons tremble at the sound of that name. In the name of Jesus. I rejoice over that name. I've got a name that unlocks heaven. I've got a name that gives me a promise. In the name of everything. i got the name. Hallelujah. Woo! Praise the Lord. Go ahead and act like you got the name. I got the name. The Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. In Glory Acts chapter to God. 3, Acts chapter 3, it says, In the name of Jesus, through faith in his name, the guy that was once crippled, sick. And it says that that guy came into the temple walking, leaping, and praising God. So there was some, some uh, denominational preacher that came out, you know, and saw how happy all the people filled with the Spirit were. They were rejoicing and leaping, and some were running. And he said, I see what y'all are doing. He said, I just don't see Jesus doing that much in the New Testament. The guy said, huh, well, maybe not. He said, but... Everybody he touched did. <laughs> so if you've been touched by Jesus, you ought to be one. Does somebody have a testimony tonight? Somebody know that God has touched your body. I want you just to come right up here and testify. 
Come on, get out of your chair. Come on, you're the woman that reached out and touched Jesus, him, of his clothes. Hallelujah. She said, I'm going to do it. Yeah, she she did it. Totally. She got the power, and then she told it. 